0: mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america and a member FDSE.
1: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal it probably won't go well So, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
0: Hello and welcome to this gameplay episode. I have with me, returning after missing the supporter content pod this week, uh, Japes. Hello.
1: Hello, Ben. Happy to be back. Happy to be, I guess, talking gameplay, though, I don't know, I guess we're all debating how excited we're going to be for gameplay coming up here, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. something may have an impact on that, which we're going to talk
0: about, Uh, happened just after the content pod recording. Richard Buckley was also on that, he's now not feeling so well, nothing to do with what's happened over the last 24 hours, um, but I think the FC Pro events have got the better of him. He's going to be on a bit later on this episode, and for now we finish our little panel that we're going to start this episode with, with Josh. Hello, welcome to the pod.
2: Yes, I am I'm, I am here. Uh, I am 1500 to 2000 packs deep at the moment, still no team of the year yet, and I... Uh, I didn't get the Messi from yesterday. I do have a couple of eighty-four by twenty still to go. Oh, I've opened eighty-four by twenty and I've got a blue. Oh, it is a team of the year. Come on, no way.
0: Come on, <laughs> live on the podcast.
3: Come on,
2: Rolfo's <laughs> the first card. Just say it. Come on, spin around, spin around. It's pop. Get it. Oh, nice. Hey,
3: get
0: in. Team
1: Let's in. go. We take, we take that. We take that for yeah, sure. That's oh. great. There so we first, go.
0: actual team of the year packed live on the pod. Look at that!
2: Delighted. Ah, oh, right. Well, you know, my, uh, my, 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 my team of the year is now complete. I think I can, I can now just go to not being a stingy with no man or woman left behind.
0: <laughs> and actually, uh, listeners are going to realise that we recorded the bit with Richard already because <laughs> at the end, people will hear you say something like. Hopefully I do eventually get a team of the year before this finishes, I think, right? So uh, yes, people will yeah. hear that. But yes, uh, what a good way to start the episode. That being said, that's good luck. But I'd say you probably got unlucky considering yesterday a pick came out, a player pick for an 86 plus rated player from the team of the year leagues, which seemed to have an extremely high chance of team of the year messy. I believe, Josh, you did it four times because four different accounts and didn't actually get him, which seems like, based on the screenshots I've seen, bad odds.
2: Yeah, so I, I think what we've kind of weirdly seen is the, the flow of news and why there is kind of confirmation bias and biases in the information that we receive. So after the pod, we finished recording like bang on six, Richard got a text from his girlfriend's brother and he's like, six years of grinding have led up to this, and he'd got messy in the pick. And then I went on to Twitter, and all I saw were screenshots of people getting messy, like hundreds of them. And it felt like everybody's got a messy from this pick. So I went on to my main account, the account I ran with you, the account I run with Nep, and then just a, my like fourth account is the account I actually bought the game on and did the pick on all of them and didn't get a messy. <laughs> and what we've seen in the kind of 22 hours now since it happened is that actually I think the vast majority of people didn't get a messy no either because yet. they didn't do the pick they weren't on between 6 and 6 30 6 30 was when the pick got taken down and the way that I'm thinking of why this pick was messed up is that it was a league's pick it was all of the leagues that have team of the years, but it was both the men's and women's. So, you know, the Italian women's division was there, even though they don't have a team of the year item. There's 12 leagues in that pick. And it felt like about 25% of the picks had a messy, which when you've got three options, that seems like about the right drop weight. And so the problem was maybe a little bit bigger than people thought it was for the first half an hour. It's still a massive mess up, but I, I, I feel like, It's not going to be the kind of hell weekend league of everybody having a team of the Messi. It's just going to be way more common than I think he should be. That Mm. being said, it is a massive, massive, massive cock-up. I remember the 25k hero pack last year, which was even worse in some respects because it was tradable it crashed the coin price whereas because this was untradable you know Messi did crash in price but it's back up because everyone you know everyone who got him was untradable I mean how many mm. people have
1: like 9 million, you know whatever he is anyway yeah. <laughs> like if that that a card that price affects such a small portion of the overall market
0: yeah I actually wonder whether Did you mention, Josh, that he's the only 86 plus rated player in that league? Yeah. So, just
2: reversing back to the the 25% thing, the reason why Messi was so common is because if you got the MLS as your league, he's the only 86, 86 rated player, which is why people also got Girelli, who's the Italian striker from Juventus women's team. She's the only 86 rated player in that league. And so, that's, I think, where the mess up has happened.
0: Which is a weird one, isn't it? Because I don't think people ever thought that that's the way odds would work for something like this, that it would roll a league rather than just rolling amongst the players in the big pool of players, right?
2: Yeah, and and that would make sense like if, if everything that EA did was perfectly logical, but I can't <laughs> necessarily presume that it was a logical approach. Mm. The, the mistake has been made, the pick has been taken down, the response from the community has been a bit over the top from my perspective. Like, I am incredibly frustrated that I didn't get one, (laughs) right? Because not only have I been grinding all of those packs, I also didn't get a Messi in any of those four picks. But the idea that people would quit the game because somebody else now has a team of the year Messi, and again, as we've spoken about, it's a very small part of the community which is a small part of the player base it's not going to massively impact your day-to-day playing of the game and it's not a team of the year Haaland or team of the year Van Dijk that I think can really change games on their own Messi's a brilliant card you know incredibly expensive card but it's not going to have that game-breaking effect I think that other players do and so I don't think EA's response has been was was good enough on their direct communications tweet yesterday. I don't know what we expect them to say, but I, I don't know if we deserve compensation, which is all I keep seeing people say. In fact, the most likely turn of events is the people that got messy will get the compensation because he shouldn't have been in the pick that much. Like, it's a really odd... It's It's one of the weirdest mistakes they've made because the pick didn't contain players it shouldn't have. It just mm. had too high of a drop weight. So... I really don't know what is going to come of this.
0: Yeah, I think, Japes, if you were at EA and had to come up with the solution of how to resolve this, I assume what will happen is probably very little. They may end up reissuing picks if they feel they should, which they probably should because clearly there were some issues with the weightings. What would you do? And it doesn't have to be what EA would do, but what you would do to resolve this.
1: If I was going to take a look at this, if you were doing like a SWOT analysis, which is like a strengths, weakness, opportunity, threat, it's kind of like how that goes. And you were to take a look at all of the possible outcomes, what could be done, right? Like let's let's go one extreme. They take away Messi from everyone. Okay. The, the outcome of that is probably nuclear, probably nuclear for a large portion of the player base that packed him. So you say like if I'm looking at this I'll say do I think that giving Messi to that portion of the player base like is that actually going to increase engagement with the game for those players moving forward maybe we don't know is it going to decrease spending on the game because they already feel like they have an elite item in the game probably to some degree but if they're playing the game more are they more likely to continue spending like Or is it the situation of they now have one of the highest rated players in the game, one of the most desirable cards in all of the game, and they still can't win? Is that demoralizing and going to put them off of the game? So there's like a million different factors that you're probably looking at. And then for those of us that did not pack Messi, myself included, the community as a whole has this deep-seated idea of what they believe is, quote-unquote, fair. Fair life is, I mean, we've all heard it, but like baseline life is just not fair. Now, <laughs> what is most likely in my mind is EA did come out and they said the pack was incorrectly distributing rewards. Okay, there's an, a level one like admission of guilt there. When that happens, historically, they offer some form of compensation to impacted players. My bet is they just reissue this pick to everyone that did it, including those that got messy for like correct odds. So there are going to be people out there that got messy and get another blue out of it. And you've got an extreme portion of the community that's I'm so done with this game. Well, I think the, the done is like the general frustration that you just didn't get the freebie. That everyone seems to think it is like you were excluded from the party. You didn't get the invite and that's no fun. Like I'm not looking forward to playing against Messi as often as I'm going to have to now because I think there's part of a discussion that's like you either make team of the years accessible or you make them so rare that you play, it feels really like a big deal when you play against them. And it seems that they had tried to do the latter, making them really, really rare this year Mm. and making it a big deal when you come up against them. And this messed that up. So if I'm EA, I would reissue the pick and I would very, very quickly come up with a flashback SBC Messi that has... Two cracked play styles, slightly lower rated, but like reasonably priced, very reasonably priced so that if people want to go out and get messy still and play with a version that's not quite that team of the year blue, but has like potentially more cracked play styles, there is an opportunity for them to do that. Like I, I think as a baseline, I don't see a good way to say we're going to take this negative thing and we're going to make this a win for everybody involved because I think a lot of people are like, well, I just want to play with, like I wanted to play with, there's there's the group that's like, Messi's my favorite player of all time. I wanted to play with Messi. Mm. And to that, I'm like, bro, how many of y'all were opening MLS upgrade packs? Come on. Let's let's be real about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for me, it's, can we can we take... They're going to reissue the 86 pick again. I would, I would be willing to bet on that. The next thing in my mind that you would do is you would make it feel like you are able to still have the opportunity, opportunity to compete with a Messi in your team. That is a reasonably priced flashback SBC. Mm. I,
2: I like that solution, but I do think that you would need to, I would say, adjust the discard value of tradable team of the year Messis. Because you would negatively impact anybody who packed him tradable, which I'm sure sure is a very small number of people. But if he was suddenly available in an SBC for a card that was, you know, maybe not quite as good. I'm not saying he's
1: a better version.
2: I'm not saying he's a better version. I know, but even even a slightly less version, I think, would affect the price negatively of that superior version.
1: So what? He's nine million coins.
2: So he goes down to what, Six? Five? If you had a 9 million coin player and had 4 million took off you, I mean, just ask Ben about his uh, purchase of Kevin De Bruyne. (laughs) uh,
0: As someone who has experience of this, (laughs) it doesn't feel great.
2: However they resolve it, people are going to be upset. It doesn't really matter. I don't know there's a way that they can resolve it wherever we'd be happy, as Jake said. I think for me, it's about the immediate reaction to it. The tweet that the direct communication put out was we have identified an issue with the 86-plus Team of the Year League's SBC. As a result, we've disabled the SBC, And that was it. It wasn't an issue. They made a mistake. Like, they made a mistake. And if they'd have said, there is an issue with the 86-plus, is giving out Team of the MSIA at a rate it shouldn't be, we're really sorry. We're going to work on it. We're going to try and find a fix that's the best solution for everybody. Like, if they just accepted apology, even if they didn't say they're going to work on a fix, they just said, like, yeah, mea culpa, and, and kind of said sorry, and no, this is affecting your, you know, it might affect your enjoyment of the game because other people now have this card. I'm really sorry. I think there would be a little bit more understanding and a little bit more goodwill. But I think it's the, I remember when they tweeted about a uh, uh, the weekend, there was a weekend league issue and said, we have fixed your issue with weekend league. It's like, it's not our issue. <laughs> it's your issue. And I think that's that's part of the problem.
0: Yeah, I think other games would come out and say, this percentage. Of active players actually got messy from this SPC. Because the fact is, the percentage of people that played yesterday that will have actually got messy is incredibly small. And I played, I had to play playoffs and rivals all yesterday. I faced him once in those games. And from what people were saying, from the amount of images I was seeing, I was expecting him to appear, you know, one in every four games or something like that. It just isn't going to be as huge of an issue and i actually think i mean I, I think it's really bad don't get me wrong it's terrible it's a really bad mistake and giving people a player of that caliber um, or so many players a player of that caliber is bad for ea as well obviously their engagement um, those players who get that player are less likely to want to continue playing and grinding to improve their team and that's kind of how the ecosystem works but also it hasn't had the catastrophic impact in my view that the hero pack that was tradable in 25k had, which completely crashed. The price of heroes had an impact on the whole market and lost people a lot of coins. It's not quite that kind of caliber, but I think it's especially hard for those who didn't get team of the year Messi because of how uh, low the pack weight of team of the years has been this cycle. And if that actually wasn't the case and people were getting their team of the year blues, even if it was just... Allison Frequently or uh, Millie Bright, I, I think there wouldn't be the kind of frustration that we've seen in quite the same way that we've seen it.
1: I mean, I think there's like a huge portion also of the community that's like, I didn't even get a chance to do the pack. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it was up for such a short amount of time. I, I would feel hard done by that for sure.
0: Yeah, it probably feels worse for people who didn't have the opportunity to do it.
1: Like mine feels bad that I didn't get him, but at least I got the chance to try.
0: Yeah, and I guess the most annoying thing is maybe the... Communication, it just never feels authentic and uh, understanding, I suppose.
1: What would you suggest they say?
0: I guess be honest about what the issue is, what the frustration is that people have, right? Rather than writing what is almost like a bit of a a euphemism. But Japes, talking of apologies, you were telling us you you owe us an apology. Or not us, but...
1: (sighs) Not anymore, Ben. Not anymore? Not anymore. I played one more game, he's hot garbage. (laughs) 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 I'm, I'm, I'm joking. My, my apology is that there was some serious George Best slander. I, th- I believe the word I use is I called him a trap mm. previously, which I don't wholeheartedly disagree with. Like for a lot of players, I still actually believe he is a trap because he is, he is one of those cards that you, much like Messi, so we'll say that, where in the hands of the, a uh, player that is trying not trying to have him be Mbappe or Eusebio, he's an absolute world beater. Like, absolute world beater. The number of goals mm. that I score per match has gone up significantly since introducing him into my lineup. Like, end of, and full, full stop. Mm. Um, I've got him in a free roam, I think left attacking mid-roll, as a true, I'm not, like, yes, he scores goals for me, but I'm asking him to really just be a playmaker, more, like, all things considered. And he he's just, he's nuts. He's nuts. His first touch technical combo makes his dribbling like truly feel like no player I've ever, ever used. Like having two play styles baseline is just so much better. And I I just like have found the card is so enjoyable and he's so shifty. And I will say he's probably the first icon SBC that I've done that would qualify for that like, kind of, we'll say, like, elite meta attacker, mm. right? Like, I didn't do Eusebio, I didn't do Mbappe, and I find myself very much being like, dude, this game would be so much easier if I would just, like, suck it up and use those cards. Mm. And I just, I obviously won't do it because it's just not my... Yeah. He's he's so hard to take the ball off of. Mm. He's got a wiggle that other, other players don't have. Slippery. And I am thrilled to have him in my squad. And if you fancy yourself even a like relatively decent or solid dribbler, he's worth considering. And I don't mean dribbler as in like skill moves. Like I, I'm not a skill move player, but I am like relatively like shifty, I guess. Like surprisingly shifty, and can be sort of unpredictable at times with my movements. And he he just like fits the bill.
0: Mm. He fits the bill. So there we go ea direct communication that's how you apologize yeah well thanks for that japes actually we are gonna now take a break because richard is here or he was here and we're gonna be hearing from him more broadly about gameplay after this break
4: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Hello after the break. And we can have, after resting for the first part of this podcast, because he's not feeling so well and has a big event this weekend, of course, it's Richard Buckley. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Good to have you on the Gameplay Pod.
3: Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, Ole Solskjaer coming in second half, and uh, <laughs> the the sub coming in. Uh, but no one's getting subbed out, so we're just playing with an extra man. Yeah,
0: yeah that's true actually. Um, and what we thought would be interesting to talk about is, I mean, really what we're seeing is a result of the addition of team of the year quality players. And I guess it's not just the team of the year themselves. There are some good other players being added. We'll see good other players being added after team of the year as well. So I guess, first of all, Richard, what has been the most notable thing about seeing pros play with those very, very powerful cards that we have right now?
3: I mean, fundamentally they're just able to do things that they weren't able to do before. So Mm. The Dutch player Levi David, who's he's one of the best players in the world. He with Kevin De Bruyne at the weekend. Something that you you very rarely did with Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, he's unbelievable on both feet, but like shoot on his left. The ability to with De Bruyne's playstyle of finesse plus being able to just curl it top bins on either foot is just like one small thing that just never happened before. Erling Haaland at the back post, in the box, at the near post, on either foot, with the five-star weak foot, like just being able to throw the ball into these players and knowing that the players on the pitch have got so much more ability than other players um, is truly remarkable. The, The passing stats, the shooting, the dribbling, the pace, the physicality, it's... I don't recall a year in which the team of the year players have been this much better than everything else in the game. Mm. For me personally, and I think that's a combination of the stats and also the play, the double play style pluses. I would agree with that, but I wonder if that's just an
2: extrapolation. Like, I, I feel like just before Christmas, we were saying that team this year feels more impactful than it has done for a good while. Like, I, I can't remember a year where. That there is such a golfing class between the best players and that kind of ninety-five percent team that everybody can get, and and then that kind of level below of people trying to use evos. There is such a big golfing class that actually the fact that it is that the team of the year items are that good, it, it's not really too surprising. I wonder if it is just the playstyles. I, I and I, I from kind of Richard when you when you're talking to the pros they tend to use a very kind of similar pool of players, but they they tend to always be players that have custom animations, as people would keep saying. Do you think that there's an element of that coupled with the stats and play styles that makes a big difference?
3: Yes and no, because I think some players, if you didn't get the chance to watch it over the last week, Tex, obviously one of the most famous players going, used Team Javi at centre mid. And at the time, everyone was going, why? Why is he using this player? Like, he was, I think, 650k. He had a 17 million coin budget. Like, it seemed a strange pick. But some pro players will pick their team on playstyle first. And if the playstyle also accompanies the stats, I mean, Xavi, not only does he have the long ball pass playstyle, but his. Passing stats are absurd. Like, mm-hmm. I think he might have got ninety nine short pass, ninety nine long pass. The 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 pass and he might, I think he's got four out of the five passing playstyles as well. When you press that L one triangle with him, it will just lock onto the player, even if the player's behind the ball. As you play that over the top three ball, so yeah, I think the playstyle is very very important. Obviously, it's always going to be the case that skill move and weak foot is one of the most important things, but I actually think that skill moves at the pro level are a little bit less important now because there's more ways to score. In previous iterations of esports, like competition, you might have to sort of like abuse uh, Elastico in the box or abuse shot cancels or try and score this certain way because there's only three or four ways to score. Now you can hit numerous different shots from outside the box, whether it's a Finesse or a Travella. You can power shot with the players that have got the, the power shot plus and whatnot. You're able to pass incredibly well. You can go wide with the long ball pass and try and exploit the flanks. Or you can just stick it in the box to Erling Howland because that's a, a genuine, viable way of winning games whether it's at the back post or in the middle of the box, he will win that header. You can shoot on goal or head it down. I actually think it's one of the more entertaining years that we've ever had, if you've not watched yet, the FC Pro season, because there's more creativity than there has been in a while.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So what would you say in terms of the pros' ranking of play styles? Obviously, it's going to depend on position, but what would you say have been the most desirable from their perspective, it feels like?
3: It's player-specific mm. as well. Yeah. Because Tex, Tex, even when he was playing in the November qualifier, people were saying, why has he got Socrates in the team and why is he using, I think it, at the time it was the Centurions, Kevin De Bruyne, and that was because he wanted someone tall who could play a little bit on the floor, uh, in the air, sorry, in Socrates, and he wanted a player with long ball pass plus, and that was KDB. Mm. Some players will really look towards like a power shot, and Mia Hamm has come into her own a lot in the last few months. When technical was super op, technical dribbling was really really strong. But I I think it's um it's a tough question because a lot of the a lot of the pros will say different things. For me personally, I think long ball pass is the easiest one to use, and it's the the one that you can probably implement easiest into your own game at home.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of people have thought of long ball passes being something that you know would only impact lob passes, right? But if you read the text, it does clearly say lofted through passes are impacted by it. And it says that they are more accurate, travel faster. And something we mentioned actually, I think on the podcast with Andy, is that it does say with the playstyle plus effect are far more difficult to intercept, specifically. Almost that it impacts the defender's ability to reach the ball, which I think you do actually see sometimes with the animation. So it's an interesting one, and, and actually there is an evolution out at the moment which gives long ball pass, right? So if people want to craft a player or build a player with it, then you know, that is potentially an option. Japes, you obviously went on the content pod, so it would be interesting to hear from you on this. In terms of players you've played against across Team of the Year or used, Has it changed your perspective at all on play styles?
1: I think the one that sticks out in my mind as being like feeling a little bit helpless towards was I played a guy that was using a Holland loan as well as a Caroline Graham Hansen loan. Oh, yeah. I had someone doing that as well. (laughs) Yeah, Dude, I just was like, you know, Holland's got Ariel which means that he just, he's got aerial and acrobatic, which means he's sort of just, like, it doesn't matter if he can get his head onto it. He sort of just, like, flies around in the box.
0: Mm.
1: And Caroline Graham Hansen, with her combination of whipped and, I think she's Travella, but you can do, like, whipped Travella passes as well, which is, like, nutty. But she's got technical quick steps, so it's so easy to generate space with her. And he just kept, like, throwing it into the box. And it felt... Like, I felt a little bit helpless, which mm. was new in that sense. It just made it very clear that I needed to upgrade my... Like, Lukiba was not able to deal with that. No chance couldn't couldn't handle it. And so I think, you know, whipped is one that I I will absolutely seek out. Like if a player has two style, two playstyle pluses and whipped is one of them, I'm thrilled with it. Mm. I'm thrilled with it. Cause I think that playstyle and much in the same way as like long ball too, it's like those they just seem to go right to the player so fast. And people even so with whip, they try to like hit it first time and like you have oftentimes enough to take it down. And you can throw whipped passes in from weird angles when your players are just like at the top of the box. So uh, I think that's been an important one. I think what's been interesting, player, you know, Sawa has press proven and I just like don't care about it on her. Like I don't notice that maybe making a massive difference on her because she's maybe not a big player. I think it matters a lot on big players, but mm. small players, it hasn't mattered as much. So I don't I don't know. There are a lot of them that are really, really good, but I think the cool part is you can sort of use the playstyle pluses to build a team that plays the way that you want them to.
3: With Haaland especially, he, he's the player that at the pro level has... Everyone's trying to get their hands on that's sort of broken the game. It doesn't even need to be a whipped into him. I actually think if you've got someone with whipped who can really deliver it into him, he will just he'll he'll win it in the air. But the one that a lot of the pros were doing to Haaland was the L1 square to the back post and just yeah. putting it in the air for him and just saying, just go and win it, just just win the header. Mm. That's the one that's I don't want to say game breaking, because I think that's it's a really bad phrase, but he is a game altering
1: player. If you can use even, him in that way, even like Drogba's wild card, I've started using that L1 LBX on Xbox. I've started using it where I like play it from, we we'll call it like just inside my own half up to the striker and then use it to flick on to like a, an attacking mid or someone that's crashing beyond that. And it just provides like a way more direct path that people are not ready for. And Holland is much, much bigger than Drogba. Or, like, plays... He feels like he plays a lot bigger. And mind you, like, Drogba... Drogba's probably, like, 6'2 with Ariel. So he's not Holland size at all. Having that as an option is, like, feels impossible to defend. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I've been using that
2: Thunderstruck Lukaku for a long time, and he's still on my bench as an option to bring on because you, you it's... It's really interesting the kind of players that expose maybe something that's a bit game-breaking. Like, maybe because this Haaland is so powerful, people will start looking at players like Thunderstruck Lukaku as kind of clearly a budget option and doesn't have the stats elsewhere. But if you build your game around this certain thing that you want to do, actually... I've not come up against centre back with Lukaku that's been able to deal with him in the air consistently for you know more than half an hour in a game. He will create a chance because of his size and the fact that he has got aerial. So it's an interesting like addition to where to that style of attack. One thing I have noticed from watching the pros and something that has now been in the community for a few weeks has been ball roll travellers and i wonder just from my own perspective as somebody who concedes them as much as scores them is there a tactic richard that you notice the pros doing to try and combat the ball roll travellers from kind of those silly angles at the edges of the box
3: you've got to try and move the keeper that's the only real thing like try and press and and block but the bit of right stick on the goalkeeper to try and move them across to the opposite side is sort of the only only way to try and defend it. Unfortunately, I can't give you a secret tip. <laughs> no, no, yeah. it's the only way I've found yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, I actually think the habit I've been trying to get into, which is slowly happening, but it's, it's hard to force certain habits, is basically to move the keeper to the far post slightly whenever an opponent is in that kind of finesse or tribella area. And because they change the keeper so they don't immediately move back, it makes it a little bit easier, actually. So you can just sort of nudge the keeper across a bit and they'll hold for a second and then hopefully that means they'll be able to make the save. But it really is the only way to deal with it.
3: One final thing on the Highland cross, like Hmm. L1 Square, this Saturday will probably be the first time if the draft requirements are what I think there will be is unlimited budget. This will be the first time that we see A team of the year, Howland, up against a team of the year, Van Dyke, and I'm going to be very, very interested to watch it because Van Dyke didn't get aerial plus, Mm. and how big of a difference because it should be that Howland dominates everything in the air.
1: So I can I can comment on this a little bit. Not having used the uh, team of the year. Virgil Van Dyke, but I, out of my weekend league rewards, fortunately, passed wild card Van or packed winter wild cards. Virgil Van Dyke, who has Bruiser Plus but not Aerial Plus, and having extensively used his gold card, like most of us, I would say at this point, he did not win headers the same way at all, like at Mm. all. Uh, He's much better when it comes to taking players on, in a sense, or like dealing with the quick players. Like Eusebios and Mbappe's, that sort of thing. He's much better at dealing with them. But in the air, like I was not able to kind of win corners the same way as I normally would. I wasn't able to like clear headers as simply when it was on my own corner. That makes sense. Um, Or when I was defending corners. And that is something that makes me a little bit nervous, to be honest. Yeah. I
0: mean, there are players who have that aerial plus and decent height you could use but you know they're gonna potentially struggle in other areas or, or not be quite as big as harland is uh right let's take a break because we're gonna come back to answer a question about creating space in the box hello listener if you get to the end of this episode and think mm, could do with some more foot weekly podcast action this week then every week there is a supporter episode and those supporters support for just £3 a month. And in fact, you can sign up for free on a free trial for seven days. And there is a team of the year giveaway going on, too. So 36,000 FC points could be yours in time to potentially pack a team of the year. 12,000 is going to be given away each week, but you only need to enter once, which does mean it's best to get in there early. So if you'd like to enter that and support the pod, keep it going. Then just head over and search support for weekly in google or follow the link in the description of this podcast a huge thank you to those supporters keeping the podcast going and of course to anyone who considers doing so let's jump
4: back into the podcast okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino
0: Hello, welcome back after the break. So we've got a question here from one for Moore. He says, what are the panel's favorite ways to generate space for shots in the box? I've had an issue recently where center backs seem to be constantly taking the ball off the turf my strikers despite hitting the shot button before the ball gets to them. Taking the extra pass sometimes helps, but any extra hints? would be great uh well let's start with you Richard then Uh, I mean I guess whether it's you or pros what tends to be the go-to for creating that bit of space for the shot in the box
3: I think inside the box there's the the left stick is is really strong still like I'm I'm a big fan of just that little bit of movement on the left stick to try and create a bit of space in the tight situations it's it's a little bit sort of you're always trying to see what your defender's doing, if that makes sense. So where are they committing? Where are they going to move to? And I know I've spoke a lot about this mechanic before, but I think the player lock is especially out wide inside the box. If you're maybe not looking for a shot or you're looking for a cutback, I know you mentioned the extra pass. The ability to fake the player lock is something that's it's quite advanced, but it's really, really strong. So you're pressing the, your two analogues in, you're flicking to a player, and then as they move away to defend the player that you flick to, you just move back onto the player that you have got original control of. And it just can give you that little bit of space. You move it back by once again pressing the left and right stick in. And just, as, as he said, struggling to create that bit of space to get a shot off, that can give you half a second to then get your, your strike away.
0: Yeah, I think that is a good bit of advice. And are there any skill moves people are using generally that you're seeing?
2: So power shot ball roll mm. is something. If I have a bit of, if you've already got a little bit of space, like you know, it it sounds like if as you go to take the shot, you're then like a defender's then on you. If you can do the power shot, especially if the person you're playing is a psychopath and has the zoom in still on a power shot, uh, then it totally throws people off. At you know, not. It won't hurt the kind of 18-plus win players, I don't think, as much, because they're less eager to overcommit. But anything under that, it's it creates so much space because people dive to block a shot and suddenly their kind of momentum's all going the wrong way. And especially if you ball roll in the direction they came from, you can end up in loads and loads of space. I've got to say, I've stopped really using skills inside the box apart from the, like... I think it's L1 and back and between your legs. I don't know. It's so like ingrained in my head. I can't remember exactly what the buttons are, but essentially you press one of the shoulder buttons and pull back and kind of to a side and it drags the ball back and pushes it one way. And I feel like the speed with which some players do that and because it's a skill that not many people use, it's not really overly expected in the box. And yeah, that and just kind of, being very light on your left stick is is the best way I've found in the box. But there, I, I absolutely echo the kind of frustrations with it. I feel like a lot of the time when I'm trying to be kind of tricky in the box, I just kind of get bulldozed off the ball and, you know, feel like I should have got a foul for it. But it's it's just, it's probably just bruiser playstyle, or, you know, just a, a strength differential coming into play.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. The skill move you're talking about is where you sort of, pass the ball almost around the back of your leg and pull it out the other side. Yeah. Is that right? Um, Which is L1 and then behind you and then the way you want to go, basically, uh, on the right stick. Uh, It is pretty effective. Japes, what about you? Anything you're particularly doing in the box you feel is working?
1: I still use technical a lot. Like, if I'm rotating Mm. it in my midfield and if I can find a pass to my striker's feet, like, oftentimes I'll use L1 or R1 and try to get, like, a little bit of space to make them try to step in for a tackle, and then just you just sort of like glide by them with technical and you can shoot it to the far post or near post once they move their keeper. Yeah. Oh, uh, and, and La croquetta as well. Like,
2: if you can stop still and then La croquetta, I don't know why that kind of fell out of favor with a lot of people, but the moment them, the defender's momentum starts coming towards you, perform the La croquetta and it's very regular, you'll get a shooting opportunity off that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say the most important thing to think about is when you first receive the ball in the box because your opponent normally feels on the back foot at that point and they'll often try and predict what your next movement is going to be. If you do a first-time shot, that's often really good. But actually, if you do a first-time fake shot and just stand still, that can often be really good because they'll be trying to block the first-time shot. And if you do a first-time skill, that's sometimes even better. You can do a first-time ball roll even and it can can catch people out. Um, The thing that I've sometimes done, which... It takes some, what's the word, kind of uh, deliberate thinking, but you can fake passes by pressing pass and then pressing the cancel button. So, I mean, obviously you can do that with shots. It just shows a sort of wind-up animation sometimes. And if you press the pass button, it'll do it towards a player that you might pass to. And so I do that and then cancel it so it looks like I'm playing the extra pass. The defender will often move to try and cover that pass, and then you just get a shooting opportunity. It's really satisfying. I'll try and get a clip of it, but it's something that is a little tricky to time to make it look convincing, but when it does, it works really well. I'd also say, in terms of skill moves in the box, I still like the McGeeDee. Spin it works quite effectively, but I'd also agree uh, with all the skill moves mentioned previously. Uh, is there anything else that anyone wants to chuck in here at the end? One
2: one thing I've I somebody did it against me this weekend and it absolutely like murdered me, and I've started doing it in my own game is little lofted balls just to just in like odd spaces in the middle of the pitch. It's kind of difficult to say exactly where, but there's something, and it it may even be linked to the uh, long ball pass. Trait as well. Mm. Uh, trait, Jeez, Louise. Playstyle. I feel like there is, there is several situations in which because people's player switching is on lofted balls and you might have this playstyle as well, they can get a bit out of shape with the defender they're switched to. And so if you're kind of struggling to break somebody down, but there is the opportunity just to flip a ball over a defender, you can often pull people slightly out of position to create a little bit of a gap. Um, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. And and in the box as well, especially kind of going laterally around the box, there, there are several situations where there's like a 75% ball on to get a good shot off at goal, but I have never seen it before. You know, it's usually over to a winger that's kind of just breaking past, um, a wing back. And yeah, I think if you start experimenting with it in rivals, there are situations which I am now immediately looking for a lofted pass instead of
0: trying to kind of do something on the floor. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think that I don't see people using talking of uh, passes that catch people out. The uh you know double tapped passes, triangle mm. on x that much anymore. So you can double tap to to get a lifted ball. They get intercepted if if it's a good defender sometimes. But actually you can do L1 double tap so like a threaded through ball double tapped, which tends to not get intercepted so much. So, you know, sometimes that can work, and sometimes that can be good for creating space in the box as well. Actually, just finally, Richard, from you, any particular kind of tactical things you've noticed? I'm assuming what four three two one dominant as ever.
3: Yeah, a lot of four three two one defending as a four four two, which is sort of the the go to. I think obviously this year with five and three back being banned at the pro events, it was sort of what is the what's the go to and a 442 a 4321 just are the
1: the best formations at the moment what are what are like basic tactics set up that people seem to like with 442
3: uh usually center mids on cover center and then one of the all fullbacks like almost getting forward as well like a, a bit of an overlap but mm-hmm. um, pretty like standard like nothing too outrageous strikers one of them are getting behind both on balance what's the I think it's both on balance but then the d-pad on striker drop back as well mm. like that seems to be a common a lot of people like strike or drop back
0: it's worth fiddling around with that actually that d-pad instruction there are some useful d-pad instructions people don't necessarily use like you can have the fullbacks going forward right using the d-pad so you can have them on balanced and then only bring them forward uh, when you want to so it's a good point to make right well we shouldn't hold Richard that much longer uh, thank you very much Richard for coming on even as
3: you're in your sick bed, pleasure's all mine. If you want to keep up to date with anything that I'm up to, at our Buckley 98. And if you do want to see the FC Pro Open Finals on Saturday, um, Anders Umut, Emre Yulmaz, PH Zinn, to name a few. Um, 4 p.m. on Saturday to see who's going to be winning. You got an early pick, Richard. I think. I thought um, Umut. I'm going to go for. He's on a hard side of the bracket but I really want my red hand loaded to be <laughs> unbelievable.
0: <laughs> and uh, Richard that, that does sound different to what you said on, on the content podcast yesterday so I don't know what you've heard in the meantime. But... <laughs>
3: Correct. yeah. <laughs> i'll be right somewhere it's
0: so unpredictable you might as well hedge your bets um thank you very much again richard and thank you very much as well to josh good to have you on this podcast
2: yes thank you very much i've got 87 by 3 i'm just opening it is a special oh. but i think it's going to be a, an, an inform and it's 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 not a team of the year still so maybe yeah. by the time we have the next podcast i'll uh i'll have a team of the year in my hands
0: yeah i uh, know i hope so i think you deserve it josh you've been grinding away And, uh, finally to Japes as well. Great as always to have you back on a podcast. Yeah. We missed you on the
1: content pod. Thank you. Cheers. You know, just, I was just, uh, crying blue tears wallowing in my (laughs) no messy situation. So, you know, Oh
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it's been good to have you. And of course, good to have all you listeners along for the ride too. If you'd like these, podcast directly into your podcast feed, then you can subscribe via all the different podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And if you're catching it on YouTube, then you can subscribe there. You can drop a comment, leave a like. It definitely helps out. And I do read them all. Plus, of course, you can get an extra podcast every single week and it's a great time to get those because you can then also enter the 36,000 FC point giveaway for Team of the Year. It hasn't quite closed yet, so head over, just search Support Foot Weekly or follow the link in the description. And there's a free trial at the moment, uh, so you get seven days to catch the pod's completely free and then it's £3 a month but thank you very much to all you supporters out there including those icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Darren W, Alistair M, Don P, Rob P, Jeff B, Damon H, Tom B, Adam G, Neil P, Alex M, Jake S, Dan W, Roger D, Lee A, Andrew C, Nishant, Waterman, Dylan H, Adam R, Rob L, Brendan W, Michael K, David G, Jimmy K, John D, Michael B, Aditya S, and Joshua K. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. Ultimate Team is a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast.